Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Welcome into Coffee Break. It's brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. If you have a property that fits the needs of their buyers, call David at Versant, 459-8565. I'm Troy Shockley, and I sure appreciate you hanging out with us this morning. Montana Historical Society Director Molly Krukenberg is joining us to kick off the show today. Molly, thanks so much for the time. Thanks so much for having me this morning, Troy. Yeah, and you're no longer the new director of the Historical Society. You're just the director now, aren't you? I think so. I think we've passed the new point. Yeah, I'm, I'm always curious when the new falls off of things like that. But <laughs> but I think, you know, when we change through a season, you know, you, you took over in the fall. I, I think it's officially fallen off now. I mean, obviously it was a tough year, 2020, but how has it been sort of stepping into that role sort of amid – uh, clearly a, a year that nobody had any plans written down for. <laughs> you know, I think that's been a challenge for a lot of people. Um, you know, fortunately for me, I've, I've been at the Historical Society for long enough to understand the internal workings and um, I think make good decisions based upon that. There's certainly been challenges, but I think we've, we've overcome a lot of the challenges. And Honestly, with our building project, um, you know, the pandemic and this whole switch to Zoom has been really beneficial for us. Um, and, but, you know, we're, we're keeping busy here, of course. There's lots and lots to do. Um, and we are still open to the public um, and invi- inviting the public to come and visit us. Yeah, I mean, not an easy time, but I guess we do have some fun stuff to talk about as it pertains to the Heritage Center. Big stuff happening there. You, you got a project going. We sure do have a project going. It's um, it's a big project that's going to be a, a huge benefit to all of Montana, um, and of of course because we're located in here in Helena, um, there'll be benefits to Helena as well economically, tourism. I think just as a, a really great community center space uh, for people in Helena and, and of course, from across the state, but because we're here um, for Helenans to gather. Yeah. I mean, it's something that's been a want and, and really a need for so long out there. And it finally managed to get the attention it deserved and got through the legislature. But of course, that was just one step in the process. Uh, where are we at now with all of this? Because this is not a, you know, snap your fingers or it's not a weekend project. This is a long-term thing. You are absolutely right, Troy. It is not a weekend project by any means. You know, we're really at the beginning of construction still. We started last fall with some site preparation work, um, but we expect here in the next few weeks to to begin construction kind of for real, if you if you will, um, with some heavy equipment moving in. Our construction site has been completely fenced off now, so there's a little bit uh, less parking available, although there's still lots of parking around the building to the east, our parking lot, and there's some on-street parking as well um, available. But we're, we're just now starting... Um, We'll start some foundation work here, we hope, next month, um, kind of late April, early May. We'll start digging up that parking lot to the north. Um, And it is a long project. We won't be completely finished until 2024. Um, But it's definitely going to be worth the wait. I think the... 
the benefits to the to the community are, are going to make it worthwhile, kind of the pain of construction. And um, we know our neighbors in particular are going to be inconvenienced. But all of the new gallery spaces and the new public spaces that we'll have available for um, for Helena and for Montana, I think we're going to be worthwhile. Yeah. We're talking this morning with the uh, Montana Historical Society director, Molly Kirkenberg, and uh, we're talking about the project they got going on out there. And I guess, can you explain why this was a need? Because, uh, you you know, I said it was a want, and, and certainly it was a want, but this is far more than just a remodel for remodel's sake. Absolutely. You know, the, the basic thing that we do here at the Historical Society is care for all of those various items that that capture our history and tell the story of our past, of all of our past, because really every single Montanan contributes to our history. And so all of the artifacts and artwork and oral histories and diaries and books and newspapers that we collect here, um, we collect in order to tell our story um, and the story of who we are. And our building here is was built in 1952, and it, it's just simply too small and out of date. Um, you know, we don't have enough storage and we don't have um, well enough equipped storage to adequately care for our collections long term. And so at the core of what we needed a new building for is that. It's to ensure the, the long term preservation of those materials that capture and preserve our story of, of who we are as a people. Um, but really, the, the building is going to do so much more than that. Um, all of our new exhibit spaces are going to let us tell everybody's story, something that we've strived for but really not had the space to do properly. We're also going to add some classroom spaces, which we haven't had in the past. You know, we, we, we help a lot of educators with resources for their classrooms, and we welcome a lot of students through our door and would love to do a better job with that. And so our, our new classroom spaces will allow students to have uh, more opportunities really to engage with history, which is, is such an important component of what we do here at the Historical Society. Yeah, there, there's so many great things there, too, that you just you, you can't display because, like you said, you just don't have the room. We've got Charlie Russell prints, you know, irreplaceable, you know, million-dollar prints sitting down in a basement. Well, and, you know, I always like to maybe correct that a little bit and say it's not just a basement. It is sure. um, environmentally controlled storage and secure storage space. But you're right in that we don't have enough room to... Uh, exhibit everything that we have. And, and while we will never have enough room to exhibit everything, and we don't always want to exhibit everything, we will have significantly more space to tell Montana's story. You know, our, our Montana Homeland Gallery, which is about the story of who we are as a people, is going to be almost 16,000 square feet, which is, is twice as big nearly as what we have now. Um, and so that will uh, will allow us to expand that story um, and also add a, a whole gallery devoted to Montana's uh, tribal uh, tribal people today. Um, and we're actually working really closely with tribal representatives from across the state to make sure that we're we're adequately telling their story as well. But I'm glad you brought up Russell because we'll also be um, significantly increasing our Russell Gallery space so that we can tell the story of who Charlie Russell was as well as exhibiting uh, you know, the whole breadth and depth of his art. 
It's going to be amazing when when it's complete. I'm so excited. Uh, we're, we're talking with Montana Historical Society Director Molly Kirkenberg this morning, and this is an important thing for, uh, as you said, for for Helena and for the county, but certainly for the whole state. Um, and, and, and one of the great things about this legislation is that uh, while this is Montana's museum here that we've got here, I mean, money is now also available for facilities in other towns and other cities across the state for their local uh, museums and facilities. That's fantastic. Absolutely, Trey. That was one of the huge benefits of the bill that provided the funding for the Heritage Center is that it makes these grants, which are administered by the Department of Commerce, but it makes this this pot of grant money available for local communities around Montana to improve their facilities, you know, in part so that perhaps we can loan our artwork and our materials to them for their exhibits, but also just as a way to improve their local communities. Um, we know that there are economic benefits to heritage tourism. And I think that that's such a great part of of that project. And there were initially, while you were sort of working on plans for this thing, I know the opportunity for public input. Does that still exist? And what what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. We are actually actively seeking public input on the building project. We want to, you know, as part of our exhibits, we're looking to tell everybody's story, but we want to gather everybody's input. We want this building to reflect Montana and Montanans. Um, So we actually have several opportunities coming up in the next couple of months where we're inviting the public to provide their thoughts and comments on the plans. We have um, one opportunity next Tuesday, the 23rd at 6 p.m. for specific aimed at folks that that live in the neighborhood around the construction project so that we can talk to them about their concerns uh, with the with the construction with kind of less parking for the public and how that might affect the neighborhood Um, we'll also talk a little bit about the project as a whole but that's aimed mostly at construction but then we anticipate kind of late may or late april early may that we'll have some opportunities for the public to provide their comments and folks can look at our project website montanasmuseum.org to find the updates on when those meetings um, right now we're, we're thinking probably virtual but you know maybe by then we'll be able to do something in person as well but you can look at the project website to find out when those events will be and, and we would love to have um, you know lots of folks from Helena come um, share their thoughts about the project with us yeah and you are open you mentioned you're, you're open now I mean just because you're planning to uh, redesign the whole place doesn't mean you're closing down people can go in and see what there is to see Absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, even I know lots of museums and folks have had to close with the pandemic, but our doors are open. You know, we have lots of space here. Um, We do ask that folks wear a mask just in compliance with county regulations. Um, But we we have all of our exhibits are currently open. Um, In addition to Montana Homeland Gallery, we have our neither empty nor unknown Montana at the time of Lewis and Clark, Uh, Good Beer Here, which is about uh, the microbrewery industry in Montana, and our portraits gallery, and of course, uh, the Russell exhibit is open. Um, So we're open for business. We welcome people. Like I said, even though some of our parking is now closed, there is parking available in the parking lot to the east with fairly easy access to the front of the building. And um, we'd love to have you come visit us and uh, shop in our store, And but take a look around and learn a little bit about Montana history. Yeah, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, we, we're, we're, we're presenting it to you right here on Coffee Break. Absolutely. We, we've got your weekend plans right here. And you mentioned it right there at the end. Um, we've had Rod on the show before, and you know, so can't let people uh, get away out of this interview without knowing they can go in and visit the store in there as well, because there's fantastic items in that store. 
Absolutely, Troy. I, uh, you know, don't leave without stopping in. I think that there's something in there for everybody. Yeah. There, well, and that that's the case for uh, the entire building. There's something there. I mean, from Lewis and Clark to Charlie Russell to learning about microbrew. I mean, there, there's a lot in there for you. Absolutely. Absolutely, Troy. I, I completely agree with you. I think anybody who visits will find something to pique their interest. Montana Historical Society Director Molly Krickenberg with us on the show today. Molly, thanks so much for taking time to chat with us and, and for what you're doing out there to preserve and present Montana's history. All right. Thanks so much for having me, Troy. Stick around. We've got U.S. Senator John Tester coming up on Coffee Break right after this. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back. Coffee Break brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David at Versant, 459-8565. And as promised, Senator John Tester finishing out our week. How are you, sir? I'm well, Troy. Thanks for uh, thanks. For I hope you're doing well, too. I am. I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. I, I realized it's been a long time since we've had you on the show. It's been far too long. Yeah, doggone pandemic. We're going to have to make it eyeball to eyeball now that we're starting to get some vaccines vaccines in people's arms. We can uh, show up and I can look at you eyeball to eyeball across the mics. That'll be fun. Yeah, well, and maybe even at some point without plexiglass in between us. But, you know, <laughs> I, I'll even I'll even take the plexiglass if, uh, if you can come in the studio and visit us. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's been an interesting time there in Washington, I suppose. Uh, you're probably even more eager to escape D.C. and get back to Montana as often as you can. Well, always uh, the air is always better here, but uh, now it's it's uh, it is an interesting time in D.C. It's always an interesting time in D.C. Getting folks to try to work together in a very divided uh, time in this in this country's history. But uh, but but the bottom line is is that uh, we have the opportunity to do some good things, and I think there's a there's a good nucleus of people, Troy, that I think are trying to to figure out how to break this. Uh, this partisan gridlock that's going in and who knows uh, we may not be successful but hopefully we will be and and then i think the country will be better for it well yeah and i mean right now things are i guess as they have been for some time but it maybe it seems more stark right now i mean everything's so politically divided and we're going to talk about the covid relief package this morning with uh, senator tester but I, I wanted to ask you sir just about your thoughts on how things are happening right now i mean with everything seemingly being done along really 100% party lines at some point. Is that something that can continue or, or, or should continue? Well, no, I mean, I think the forefathers set it up so that uh, the Senate was a place, uh, the greatest deliberative body in the world. And, uh, and, and I think that it can get back to that. I think part of the problem is, is that everything is, uh, everything has been, a, there's been roadblocks put up, uh, 
along the way, all along, all along the way for votes. And uh, and quite frankly, uh, that kind of gridlock needs to stop. I will say this, though, Troy. There's a, there's a lot of things that pass uh, in a bipartisan way. In fact, vast majority of things pass with bipartisan votes. Uh, there's there's a few that don't and haven't over the last uh, couple months, just like it was in the previous Congresses. Uh, there's a few things that pass on a completely uh, partisan way. Uh, but for the most part, I will tell you that if, if you're just looking at the bills as they come up, or the folks that are being confirmed, the vast majority are, are bipartisan in nature. Senator John Tester with us on Coffee Break this morning. And the COVID package, of course, uh, was a party line vote. Uh, huge price tag. Is it too big a tag? I mean, is this something we're going to be regretting down the road? Well, I certainly hope not. I mean, it was a, it was a huge price tag. And we, we passed, uh, I think, three before it that were uh, huge price tags uh, starting last spring throughout the summer and again this fall and, and now now. And hopefully this is the last one. I think the challenge is is getting vaccines into people's arms and then then i will tell you that there's uh, still a lot of businesses and will be for some time uh that are hurting and as most economists will tell you uh if, if these businesses go away getting the economy to snap back in a way where we can pay that debt down uh is 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 really uh going to make it more difficult if the businesses go away and they're and they're in this bind uh, because of pandemic, not because they're bad managers, not because they they bought something they shouldn't have, but because uh, the pandemic has has caused cafes and hotels and and uh, gyms and and uh, and the list goes on of businesses uh, not to have the kind of clientele that they would normally have. And then I would just tell you that that the so there's 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 support for them, there's support for local governments, uh, cities and towns and counties in here because of reductions in tax revenue. There's money for schools, and I can tell you, after speaking to, to a number of superintendents, having to uh, do both in person and and distance learning, it's cost a lot more money. And plus, there's a bunch of kids that are behind the curve which also could affect our economy uh, in the long term. So uh, getting some money into the K-12 schools and higher ed, uh, K-12 particularly, if, if it doesn't go in there, property taxes will, will need to go up. And so this should help stave that necessity. And then on higher ed, you know, for the well-trained workforce, that's where it's going to be at with so many people being laid off, uh, re job retraining uh, in some of these cases is going to be really, really, really important. And so, and, and the list goes on. There's money for rural hospital. There's money specifically for, for folks that, that, are, that are hardest hit in the tourism business. Uh, it is a big package, and, and hopefully it'll be the last one. And hopefully we'll get this pandemic in the rearview mirror in part because of this package and we can get our economy back to normal. Senator John Tester with us on Coffee Break this morning and a lot of money from this package coming to Montana. I think that's something that we sometimes think we're the forgotten state, right? Or one of the forgotten states and, and we kind of get the crumbs and, you know, obviously something that's important to you, you, you want to make sure the treasure state's taken care of. What's Montana getting here? What, what are we getting out of this? Well, I can tell you the, the, the governor's office is getting uh, uh, 1.3 billion plus to be able to use pretty much uh, on, on things to help businesses or, infrastructure like water infrastructure and i can tell you that that um you might say well what the heck does that what does that have to do with covid um, I, I can tell you that the fact of the matter is is making sure that these 
uh, state governments have the money that they need to be able to take care of infrastructure is something that I've fought for since I was in the state legislature. And hopefully, you know, we've got some big water projects in the state, and most of the municipalities have uh, water projects they need to have done too. So I think that money can be utilized. Then I'll just tell you more specifically, uh, there's going to be uh, uh, nearly $400 million that goes into K-12 schools. Now, that's a lot of money, but when you spread it throughout all the school districts in the state, it certainly diminishes it by quite a bit. And there's going to be significant money going into to, to higher uh, education uh, units, uh, like our university system, but also places like Carroll and Rocky and places like that uh, that help educate our workforce moving forward. So, like I said, Montana is not left out on this. Uh, we fought hard to make sure that there was things like a rural set aside for, for small hospitals. Uh, Montana specific, uh, we did. So that, that, all that's very, very important. Senator John Tester with us on Coffee Break this morning. Apologies, we're getting a little bit of feedback here and there. We're, we're in a digital world now, folks, and sometimes weird things happen with technology. Sounds like it's cleared up, so we'll, we'll hope that, uh, that that holds off. But um, chatting about the COVID relief bill, and yeah, so many small businesses are struggling. I just spoke with the Helena Area Chamber of Commerce president and CEO yesterday uh, on our show, and she said at one point during the pandemic, uh, some of our hotels were sitting at 3% capacity. Uh, three, you know, so the hospitality industry really struggling, um, a lot of businesses struggling, uh, but for the average Montanan, you know, not a business owner necessarily, what does this do for them? I mean, past the obvious with the, the $1,400 payments and the checks showing up, that I guess is the, the obvious thing, but is there anything else that average, I, I guess I want to say Joe Montana, yeah. but that name's taken, yeah. uh, what are they getting out of this? Well, I think that the fourteen hundred dollars is no small thing, and I think we got we've got to be careful on that and uh, and make sure that doesn't become a habit. But nonetheless, right now, I think that fourteen hundred dollars in people's pockets will help them uh, move the economy forward in a very positive way. For the folks that, that have been laid off, of course, there's there's money for those. For the folks who use Amtrak. Uh, there's, there's long-distance Amtrak services reestablished in this bill uh, to help them move forward. But, but, I, but I will tell you, for, for, for Joe Public, who has been able to keep their job and has been careful and, and done all the things you need to, need to do to stay away from the COVID pandemic, I think it's, it's going to be allowing these businesses to stay open. So, quite frankly, just to put it bluntly, so you can go down to the local bar and have a beer if you want with your buddies and stand shoulder to shoulder. And and that's coming. And we're not the, quite there yet, but that's coming. And I think, uh, I think those things are important. Getting life back to normal, I think, is what... Uh, is what the intention of this bill is, and I think that uh, I think it'll get us there. Uh, I sure in heck hope it gets us there. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Senator John Tester with us on Coffee Break, uh, of course, Chairman of the Veterans Affairs Committee uh, now, and so that uh, veterans, of course, something you're heavily involved with, and something that I know is incredibly important to you. Uh, what help for veterans is in this bill? Oh uh, well, there's there's a bunch, uh, and and I will tell you not only uh, increased vaccines to get in people's arms, and I'm going to tell you, VA Montana has done a great job of getting these vaccines out. Uh, we're in process right now of expanding their ability, not even not only to give the vaccine to veterans, but also to spouses 
and caregivers of the veterans that are working with the veterans. Um, and and uh, there's money for job retraining in here, a rapid restart program, they call it, uh, because we need to get our veterans that have been laid off back to work. And sometimes that, as I said earlier, requires uh, retraining and, and retooling of, of the mind for the work set. Uh, and there's a thing called copays that have come up during uh, this whole pandemic, and, and quite frankly, this relieves the veteran of any copays that they might have accrued uh, during the pandemic. Um, let's see, there's some other stuff too in there, but but the bottom line is is that uh, it, it has dollars specifically for veterans uh, to help veterans uh, move their lives forward, and I think it's uh, I think it's important. Uh, oh, the, the backlog, the backlog for healthcare uh, is is true throughout the system. A lot of people because of this pandemic have just put off doctor's appointments because they don't want to get exposed to, to the COVID-19. It's the same with veterans. So there's going to be a lot of veterans that have uh, issues that, that have come up over the last year that they didn't take care of that now, once they get vaccinated, they're going to want to get that taken care of. So there's going to be a lot of backlog for healthcare demand out there that uh, this bill will help take care of. Senator John Tester with us on Coffee Break this morning. We've got about three minutes left with him, and I, I do want to make sure that we kind of squeeze in here at the end at least. Um, the Keystone XL, I mean, this is something that Montana, it's a bipartisan issue, all kinds of support. Now, of course, there's a lawsuit Montana's signed on to, 20 other states. Have you had any conversation with the Biden administration about Keystone? Yeah, I've had, I've had a conversation with the president directly about Keystone, and uh my recommendation to him is let it be built. It's, it's one pipeline under the under the border. Um, and quite frankly, the, the safest way to, 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 to move fluid, in this case oil, is, is in a pipe. And, and, and the stuff's coming across, the oil's gonna come across the pipe, the border, either in trains or trucks. Why not put it in the safest way there is, which is a pipe? Uh, I don't need to tell your listeners, I mean, there's some, there's some benefits to this. Canada is a dependable ally of ours, so the security there is important. Uh, the tax the tax base at building this pipeline is going to uh, increase in counties that really need it because of not only the COVID, but some real bad trade practices over the last few years is, is really important. And and so uh, all this is, uh, is why I told the president he ought to allow it to be built. I think uh, what really needs to happen, since this is so highly politicized by both sides, is I would hope the president would bring people together, you know, get some folks from eastern Montana and, and from XL Energy from Canada in and, and visit with, get some of the enviros at the table and, and talk about it. Um, because I, I just don't think it's as big a deal as people have made it out to be. Uh, I think uh, it, it's important we get it built, but man, this isn't the end of the world like some would think, think it is. So do you feel there's a way forward? for Keystone, or is this just one of those things that's just, it, it's now political and there's no way for him to go back on this? No, I think, look, it's going to be difficult for him to go back on it. Make, make no mistake about that. But I can tell you, I'm going to keep working, uh, you know, to try to influence the president to let this thing be built. I, I just I just think it's, uh, I think it's silly not to build the doggone thing, to be honest with you. And then, look, I'm going to tell you, from a climate change standpoint, I see it on my farm every day. I get it. We need to do some things, but but we're not where we need. Now, I think the feedback just ultimately ate our conversation there. I'm going to give it a second, make sure the senator doesn't come back. 
but I think we lost him. I think we so did. He's he's. I think he's out there on the farm, and uh, it is in the middle of nowhere out there. So I, I think we just lost our cell connection this morning with uh, Senator Tester. So uh, apologies to him for that and uh, not allowing him to finish his thought there. Uh, I promise Kurt didn't cut him off. It's we just, not a conspiracy. <laughs> we we just lost our, uh, our our connection to the senator, so apologies for that. But uh, we will circle around with him and see if we can't get him back on the show again, because I do enjoy uh, having him and, uh, and, and our other representatives on the show as well. So thanks once again to Senator John Tester for taking time this morning, and then also to Montana Historical Society Director Molly Krukenberg for taking time with us. That's all the time we have. We'll see you back here on Monday. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.